Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News. And it's that time once again for the Jack McCarty Show. Mm. So are these what they call pop-up showers? Pop-up storms? You know, it's a little more than pop-up. These are a little more scattered, widespread. Like yeah, yeah, it's kind of funky on the on the radar, but these are going to be with us for funky. a little while, but we're going to make it past this, so. Yeah, I mean, it looks like later on it's, it's going to be calm. and um, yeah. It actually doesn't seem like we're having as much rain this week as they originally thought we would have. Not, I mean, at the moment, I know it's pouring, but mm-hmm. like... Like the whole week is not a washout, as it turns out. So. Well, the same thing happened over the weekend. At you know Friday right. afternoon, we thought, boy, it's going to be a monsoon yes. all weekend. And yeah. Saturday was okay. Sunday was gorgeous. And yeah. so, of course, yeah. we didn't plan anything. Because it was Mother's so. Day. Yeah, right. Yep. How dare you? All mm-hmm. right. Well, welcome to our dreadful little show this afternoon. Jack Riccardi at 550 and 107.1 KTSA. We have not talked a lot about AI on this show because I don't really know a lot about AI. I mean, everybody seems very worried about it. I, I, I guess we should all be very worried about artificial intelligence and how it could go wrong and, and so forth. But anyway, I'm, I'm watching today, and there was testimony from the CEO of one of the leading companies. This guy named Sam Alton is one of the brightest lights in artificial intelligence. And he's testifying before Congress, and he's talking about how um, it, it, there could be great things with AI or it could be uh, really bad But his hope is, listen to this, his hope is that Congress will regulate it and save us from the abuses or the negative uh, implications. And I thought to myself, dude, where, what, what news are you watching? If we are supposed to rely on politicians to protect us from artificial intelligence, then my prediction is we will all be working for the robots in five years. I mean, in what universe do you go to Congress and say, please regulate us more? We're counting on your leadership, your moral clarity. This is the Congress that includes people like Adam Schiff and George Santos. This is the Congress made up of people who spent years trying to overturn an elected president with lies they knew were lies, citing evidence they claimed we would hear any minute, and they knew it was a bunch of bull. And now they're the ones that will save us from the future? We may be in trouble. We may be in trouble. So you've had a chance now to hear more about the Durham report. Um, what are you thinking? What? How is it hitting you? Uh, if you've read more about it, heard more about it, I, I, I've got a few takeaways, and um, we'll open up the phone lines, 210-599-5555. Congressman Chip Roy is going to join the show uh, in about uh, 30 minutes. The... Um, the Durham report says that there was never actually any evidence of Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. And that they started the 
um, investigation way way faster and way more zealously than they normally move. In other words, Durham, who would know these things as a federal prosecutor, said, this is not how the FBI works. And even foreign, this was, I thought, interesting. I read this last night. Even foreign agencies of our allies who were asked to help get Trump said no. Not because they liked Trump. They didn't. But because they recognized that there was no hard in, uh, no hard evidence. Remember when we heard about the stories of former intelligence officials like uh, Brennan and Clapper, and they were going around saying things on MSNBC and CNN. Durham talks about that too. That they they also knew that what they were saying was was untrue. It was all made up. They all knew that the Clinton campaign was the source of trying to tie Trump to Putin and the Trump uh, election, the Trump campaign people colluding with uh, Russian spies and all of that stuff. And, and and he talks in the report about the double standard for Trump versus Clinton that there was a very different approach uh, with Crossfire Hurricane, which was the investigation into Trump, uh, versus the um, attempted election interference plans uh, involving the Clinton campaign. In fact, Durham says that none of this would have happened if the Department of Justice and the FBI simply followed their own rules. And that's going to make some people unhappy because they're going to say, well, we got we got to end the FBI. we got to reform all these agencies. Um, he doesn't say that, and, and, and I wouldn't have expected him to say it. He just says, this is not how they normally act, and this is not how they're supposed to act, and they know they weren't supposed to act this way. Um, but that brings us back to the problem we talked about yesterday. How do you keep the FBI and the CIA and the deep state out of our elections? I mean, they're entitled to vote like any other American. They're not entitled to have any other influence or access uh, on our elections. The left isn't going to worry about this because for now, all of their interactions and their interference is to their benefit. And there's there's even, I'm even thinking that that a lot of Republicans are not really going to be too fired up about this. And let me just explain why. We've got to be honest about Donald Trump here. Donald Trump is not just unpalatable to the Democrats and the left. He's also unpalatable to a lot of Republicans. The deep state includes a lot of Republicans. And the the problem with Donald Trump is basically aesthetic. You know, he's not the most conservative guy out there. His actual presidency was fairly successful. He advanced things that Republicans have been saying they wanted to do for years. Just his appointments to the Supreme Court alone are are incredibly significant and historic. But they don't like him. They don't like his tan. They don't like his hair. They don't like the way he dresses. They don't like the way he talks. They don't like his demeanor. He is not their kind of person. And I know this sounds trivial, but this is very important to these people because they're very, very, very superficial people. If you go to the right school and you say the right thing at the cocktail party, they like you. You could be anybody. You could be a terrorist. You could be a. You could be Leon Trotsky. They don't care. 
But if you are not their kind of person, you could be a successful businessman, you could be a successful entrepreneur, you could be a, a doctor who saves lives, you could be, it, it wouldn't matter. If you're not their kind of person, they hate you. And they drive you from their midst. And they've never understood that one of the great elements, maybe the central element of Donald Trump's appeal, is that we the people like how consternated they get about him. People who like Trump like the enemies he makes. They feel vindicated when they see Crossfire Hurricane, when they see that twerp Peter Strzok on television, they feel like now more than ever, Trump is my guy. This is who I, I, I was right about him. He is our champion. Look at the enemies he's made. Look at the people who are out to get him. That confirms that I was right to vote for him. And so it, it all fits together. And the Durham report, which isn't strictly speaking about what I'm saying right now, fits into this idea that the, the problem was always we got to get rid of Trump. Or, well, we didn't get rid of him, but now we've got to immobilize him in the presidency. The, the Durham report talks about basically paralyzing Trump in the presidency. Okay, he made it. He, he, he somehow got by Hillary, but now we're not going to let him do anything. We're going to pin him down and distract him with, um, you know, never-ending uh, investigations and impeachment. And, and we're going to make sure that anybody that enters Trump world that agrees to serve that meets with them, that associates with them, well, we're going to smear the hell out of them. We're going to make it really unpleasant. Uh, they're going to, it, we're going to ruin their lives. We can't ruin his life. He's got too much money. He'll be, ha you know, he'll be fat and happy no matter what we do to him. But we can ruin the lives of people, you know, General Flynn and all these other people. We can make sure they can never get a job again, that their name is always associated in the public's mind with some sort of vague wrongdoing. That's what this was. And so this entire uh, episode of the last several years has made Americans of all kinds more distrustful of government. Not only Trump supporters, of course, chiefly Trump supporters. But you, you begin to realize if you're a Republican but you don't really care for Trump, you begin to realize they're going to do this to your Republican candidate, too. If you've got somebody you want to run for president, they're going to do this to him or her. And I think there's a lot of Democrats. They don't, this doesn't get covered in the media, and CNN's not going to put people like this on panels, but I do think there are a lot of Democrats and liberals who are worrying now that this has gotten out of control that this could be a problem for them at some point, that this means elections aren't on the level. And we've had now, in, in my view, we've had 2016 and 2020. I'm not going to say it so much about 2022. I think there were other factors at play there. But two of the last three elections have seen the deep state, the, the national security state, put their finger on the scale in a major way, in a way that we used to think only happened in other countries. And so that's, that's what the Durham report is saying to me 24 hours in now that we've had a chance to look at it and hear more about it. And I want to hear what you think, 210-599-5555. I just thought it was funny today to hear this AI executive saying to Congress, I'm counting on you 
to regulate my industry for the safety and well-being and welfare of all humankind when we, we've just gone through a period of several days that demonstrate the total unfitness. I mean, I don't know who you would turn to, but these are the last people you would turn to to protect you from technology or the future. And what about the media? So we talked a little yesterday about um, the the first take uh, when the Durham report uh, came out yesterday, kind of the first draft of their reaction was, uh, oh, well, this is, this is nothing, and, you know, four years for this, and they kind of, they kind of cribbed our reaction to the Mueller report, right? But, but now, as I'm watching like CNN and MSNBC a little bit today, I don't watch them a lot, but I have to, you know, I take one on the chin for you. So, I noticed today they're trying to kind of ritually cleanse themselves. They're trying to report on this like, well, there definitely are concerns and, and issues with the FBI, and there's going to have to be, uh, you know, there's going to have to be a, a, a reckoning. So they are attempting to hurdle over one of the key pieces of the last, the history of the last several years. They, can, they don't get away with just saying, gee, the, the Durham report makes it look like the FBI really needs some reform and they didn't do this right. And they're using words like they handled it sloppily and they didn't follow their own protocols. The media took lies from the FBI, okay, repeated and reported those lies unquestioningly, the FBI then used media reports about Trump to echo and and sort of reinforce what they were claiming. Remember, they cited, when they went to the FISA court, they cited media reports. So they had leaked, Comey had leaked to the media about Trump, then went to the FISA court and said, well, one of the ways we know that we need this warrant is look at these media reports. And then the media, having been used by the FBI, and apparently liking it, hired people like uh, Peter Strzok and uh, I can't think of the other guy, the guy with the glasses that was a former uh, deputy uh, director of the FBI. He's on, I think, CNN or MSNBC. So the, the, the FBI people who lied and betrayed their oath to the media and used the media basically like a cheap hooker then got hired by the media to do some more lying on these same networks. And so the the way that they're spinning the Durham report today on these networks is to say, well, um, there, there definitely are troubling uh, things in this report, and the FBI is going to have to, uh, you know, uh, wash its own linens. No, guys, you were part of this. You can't You can't report on this from a distance. You are in this. Okay, Jim Shudo and Jake Tapper and Brianna Keller and these people are in this story. Joe Scarborough, you're in this story. You were part of this. You participated in this. By the way, here's I want you to hear what what uh, Jake Tapper sounded like yesterday afternoon. This is what he's saying um, about the release of the Durham report. Cut number one. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped. And it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is, regardless, devastating to the FBI. And to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. 
Whew, that must have been hard for him to say. Those are every one of those words are like broken pieces of broken glass coming out of his throat. But but I mean, it it also involves you, Jake. I mean, you guys were the mouthpiece. You were the the amplifier. And oh, okay. I mean, I'll 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 grant you that when you're in the media and you get a handout from a law enforcement agency. Obviously, you don't look at it like it's a piece of toilet paper, but at some point over the course of years and years, they must have realized what I was saying a few minutes ago about the institutional uh, dislike of Trump. And, and, it, and it should have occurred to these highly trained, highly educated journalists that there might be a story here, that there might be a, a, a bias here. In other words, what Durham is revealing isn't a surprise to them. And I don't want to see their surprised faces today. So we're going to talk about that. Tell me what you think. We're opening up the phone lines right now, 210-599-5555, after we get a look at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Hey, it's Trey Ware. Join me tomorrow morning at 5 for news, weather, traffic, and some fun stuff, too, on 550 KTSA and FM 1071. You can join the show right now, 210-599-5555. We talk about the Durham Report and Trump and the media. Uh, joining us in about 10 minutes will be Congressman Chip Roy. Joining us right now is Roger on the Jack Riccardi Show. Roger, good afternoon. Hello, Jack. Hey, uh, hey Roger. I just want to say about the media, I think the media is the main reason we're going through this right now with such a hard time as, uh, as far as getting through to the to the population about what's really going on you know the media has a whole lot to do with that so i was wondering what what your thoughts on what your thoughts are about how we're going to take care of that that part of it the media in other words i lost well we're we're taking care of it by we're, we're taking care of it by losing we've lost our faith in the whoops i think we just lost roger sorry about that roger um if you can still hear me i'll, I'll answer it i people have lost their faith in it uh, their audiences are dwindling. Uh, their credibility is shot. Uh, if you're over a certain age, you remember when there were people like Walter Cronkite whose uh, word was like the word of a neighbor. You know, if, if he told you something, it was like your grandpa told you. And they don't have, there's nobody in the media with anywhere near that kind of credibility now across the board, across all lines. So the solution to what do we do about the media is we're doing it. We're not, we're not trusting them as much. And we're splitting our interests or our attention around more people and more sources. And I hear callers all the time say, <clears throat> you know, I, I try to get my news from a lot of different places now, not just one or two. Um, probably your parents or grandparents read one newspaper, maybe watched one channel or network, uh, but it's different. And um, but but I also think that what what has to happen eventually is people obviously if you're a Trump supporter, you're seeing red, you've been furious for years, but people who didn't support him and don't like him are going to have to come to grips with how dangerous it is to have a cabal overriding elections, determining the outcomes of elections, participating in something like this. I mean, you 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 have to clean up the the FBI. You have to clean up the the deep state. You have to you have to clean up the ranks of of the media. You have to recognize that their problem with Trump was was not 
um, one that they chose to, to deal with in an honest way. They weren't honest about it. If they'd been honest, they'd have said, we just don't like him. You know, he's not one of us. He didn't go to the right schools. Uh, we, we don't like his family. We don't, we don't like the way he talks. But see, they, they were dishonest. They tried to make it about, it's about democracy. It's about freedom. It's about fascism. We're afraid for the future of this country. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Because it's way scarier for the future of this country to have the New York Times and, you know, Peter Strzok collaborating on how an election should turn out. That's way scarier than some guy in a tie that's too long or a blue blazer or a spray on tan. That's not a threat to democracy. An aesthetically unpleasing president is not a threat to democracy. But people, but people uh, colluding across lines that are supposed to be checks and balances of one another. In other words, the press is supposed to have a healthy skepticism of the government and vice versa. They're not supposed to aid and abet it. They're not supposed to work with it. And so the problem there is they don't want to climb down. They can't climb down off the position they took. The, the, the Durham report isn't just a problem for the FBI. It's a problem for CNN. And this new guy running CNN that's supposedly trying to pull it back to the center. This is their moment to say, look, we we didn't do what people expect of us. We did something that felt good to us. We went after somebody we didn't like, okay? But this isn't, this isn't going to work for us. It's not working for us. He's got a great he's got a great opportunity. I mean, I know this is not the purpose of the Durham report, but if I, I can't think of his name, but the guy that's running CNN, Chris Chris Licht is his name, I think. This is his this is his report. I mean, right here. 210-599-5555. All right, Congressman Chip Roy joining us. Your calls as we continue. An update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Hey, if you need an electrician, Mr. Electric can hook you up with somebody that can meet your schedule, be at your place when you need them, do what you need done at a good price. And by the way, when you let them know what you have going on, they'll give you an upfront price that will not waver, not vary, with Mr. Electric at 210 248 2026. You get that service, you get that credibility, and then after they work in your home, they give you this like report card or checklist, and they've looked at everything in your house that touches or deals with electricity, and it's just a you know like an update. Here's here's what's going on with your panels. Here's what's going on with your wiring and your breakers and this and that. And you might want to look at this, and you may need to address that. And it's just information, no charge. From Mr. Electric. So great work done at a great price. Senior and military discounts available. It's a military owned company. 210 248 2026 or MR Electric, Mr. Electric.com. At home, anywhere, in the car, anytime, anytime, everywhere. Get the Jack Riccardi Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. KTSA News Times 437. Let's bring on the Congressman Chip Roy from our, on our uh, KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line. Congressman, good afternoon to you. Welcome back to the show. Um, I, I, we have so much to get to, but I want to start with this. You have said repeatedly, and you're, you're saying it uh, in, in an email that I got from you yesterday, you believe it's beyond time to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary, Mayorkas. Is that right? 
Yeah, Jack, good to be on. I mean, look, it, it, I get no joy out of it. I mean, the fact is uh, you don't want that for your leaders. But, but, but when, when you're presented with someone who has a constitutional office, right, appointed by the president, confirmed by the Senate, with an oath to defend the Constitution and the laws of the United States, and when that individual has recklessly abandoned his duty and left Americans exposed uh, to the dangers of cartels, China, violence, we have Americans dying, you have migrants dying, you have complete lawlessness at the border. When, when someone has done that, and they've done that while lying about it, lying under oath about having operational control of the border, lying publicly without any real apology about the very Border Patrol agents who report to him in alleging a whipping incident that didn't occur and then blaming it on systemic racism, dividing our country further, all through lies. When you have somebody who's ignoring our laws under parole, which say it's a case-by-case basis under law, and then using that for categorical, categorical, quote-unquote, parole to bring people in using an app effectively and dump them into the United States, causing the magnet that's causing the problem. When you have all of that adding up, such that he's completely abandoning his duty to enforce the laws of the United States to our detriment, that is someone who needs to be impeached. Mm. Presumably, though, I mean, everything you say is true, but presumably these are the policies desired by his boss, and titular, his titular boss is Joe Biden. I don't know who's really running that administration, but um, why wouldn't you impeach the president rather than just the Secretary of Homeland Security? Well, I believe that the president has also engaged in behavior through carrying this out that is impeachable. But look, let's just be honest. It is what it is. You got the secretary and you got the president of the United States. The secretary is directly responsible for carrying out his duty to enforce the border. If the secretary were pushing back on the president, if the secretary were doing his job, it would not be as bad as it is. Frankly, the president is you know, only partially there anyway. I mean, if you've got a secretary who cared about enforcing the law and was carrying out his duty, uh, he would either resign if the, if the president was telling him not to, or he would push back and win the argument and not actually lie about it. Look, there's yeah. a lot of gray area for him not to enforce the law the way I would, okay? That's maladministration. But when you're lying about it, when you're yeah. actually engaging in defying what the laws are with respect to actual operational control, and you know you're doing it, that is a level of you know, uh, of activity that I think falls square into the middle of what it uh, what is required to remove somebody from office. It is a breach of the public trust, and that is critical under high crimes and misdemeanors. You know, this this issue is so broad, and it and it goes in so many different directions. I was I was looking at stories today about how parents in New York City are upset that schools are being used as illegal immigrant shelters. They feel it puts their kids in great danger. So there's the component of the actual uh, mass of illegal immigrants and the effects they're having now all over the country. But then I look at the uh, comments of your colleague uh, from Florida, Mike Waltz, who says that the Taliban are using that border uh, and handing out uh, credentials, getting people potentially into the country to do who knows what. Uh, Speaker McCarthy even alluded to this at his news conference uh, a few minutes ago, that we're finding people, uh, congressmen at the border, from places like Afghanistan. Uh, so h- how do you prioritize w- what is the biggest problem with this Biden border policy? Is it national security? Is it the mass of humanity? I mean, what, 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 where do you begin? Well, it's all of the above, and I'm glad you brought that up from Michael Watson and my other friends. I mean, good, I can keep going down the list. Uh, in this case, 
national security is fundamentally the core problem with what's happening at our border. Uh, Americans are at risk. We're at greater risk, not just of terrorist activity, but of continued infiltration by the Chinese Communist Party. We are seeing a massive spike of Chinese nationals that we're finding at the border, uh, but also just the absolute uh, abject chaos on the southern border right now, what it means for ranchers, what it means to people losing their livestock, what it means to everyday Americans, people having their schools where they're having bailouts near the schools and they're trying to figure out what to do. Uh, to your point, you had veterans getting kicked out of rooms in order to put illegals in there for processing. You say, oh, well, don't use that term, illegals. Well, what do you want me to say? I mean, you've got people here that are, that are flooding into our country without an actual legal basis. But yet this administration is saying that they do have a legal basis. And yes, that massive humanity. These are human beings who are being exploited for political purposes in the false name of compassion that somehow allowing this migration is good for them. But in fact, they're being exploited by cartels, little girls getting sold to sex trafficking trade, migrants dying along the border. And they want to say, open it up further. Then what do you do? As Milton Friedman said in the 70s, kind of more you know, libertarian ec- economist, conservative economist, Hey, I'm all for open borders if you don't have a social, social welfare state. That was pre-9-11. We have two primary reasons to have a secure border, and that is because you cannot have a social welfare state that does not buckle mm-hmm. and implode if you invite the whole world here, number one. And number two, you open your borders to all manners of sin and crazy activity that can endanger us. Finally, the third point, I should say, is the rule of law. You're tossing aside the rule of law, which is the very reason people come here. And if you toss it aside... You're weakening our country, and you're therefore weakening the entire world. I mean, I, I hear you, and I hear you about about uh, Mayorkas, but I, you know, again, I look at this story about the president vetoing the deal with the, the tariffs on the Chinese solar panel companies, which even people in his own party are saying is a horrible thing to do to uh, the American workforce, the American worker, to the American energy industry. Uh, you, you know, you've got the Durham report now, how are you guys not going to impeach Joe Biden? I mean, how, it, there's no there's no way, given the standards for impeachment that we now have, how how, are, how do you avoid doing that? Well, look, people are getting wrapped around the axle right now, in my opinion. I don't mean you about, you know, what we're going to do as it relates to how this plays out with this administration, and what the president does or doesn't do. I assume nothing. We have an obligation to lead because the people of this country elected us to run the House of Representatives, the People's House. Our job is to set the tone, make the president and make the Senate respond. We can only do what we can do. But I will tell you, as I've said on your show before, the power of the purse matters. This debt ceiling fight that we're having matters. We sent a responsible debt ceiling over that raises the debt ceiling, but critically gets our fiscal house at least on a path to order. But the most important part is it stops giving blank checks to a bureaucracy that is at war with the American people, a Department of Homeland Security that is literally not only just refusing to secure the border, they're actively trying to dismantle it. Right. An FBI with a Durham report yesterday with a you know prosecution of Mark Halk, you know, going after him because he dared to speak up at a you know, pro-life rally. He was targeted. Right. Or Scott Smith. The dad who was targeted because he dared defend his daughter at a school board. The weaponization of that government against the people. People think this is some sort of crazy conspiracy stuff. Look, I, I'm telling you, we're fighting against an agencies that are targeting you, the listeners of this radio mm-hmm. program. 
the IRS agents that were just expanded, which the own IRS report this week said targets black Americans more than white Americans, poor more than the rich. Why would we do that? Why would we have a system that does that? Why don't we simplify the code, get our tax system to stop punishing middle-class Americans, enforce the rule of law, restore sanity, stop saying that a dude who is swimming against a girl isn't Mm -hmm. a dude. He is a dude. We know he's a dude. We have eyes. We can see. We're tired of a world that is upside down, and we got to restore sanity and common sense. Mm -hmm. So the calculation is, if I understand you, people want us to do specific stuff not declare all-out scorched-earth war on the other side. Yeah. I mean, look, what we're trying to do here is to try to present to the American people something that we believe will restore sanity by getting us to the place where we're trying to fund a government to do its basic Mm -hmm. core duties and nothing more. Mm -hmm. Instead of what Biden is doing, which is ripping apart our way of life. Take Mm -hmm. Texas, for example. All of your listeners need to take heed. This summer, for the first time in the history of this state, of the state of Texas, we will have more demand on our grid at our hottest days than we have reliable power to cover it. That means that for the first time in history, if you have a windless, cloudy day, but enough battery power stored, which pretty much means every day in the summer, you hit that moment where you're going to have to then meter out power because we're at the point of possible brownout. How is that possible in Texas, Jack? Right. It's possible because the federal government is subsidizing corporate cronies to get rich, usually white elitist liberals in their $100,000 Teslas, so they can feel good about themselves for not doing crap about CO2, but rather empowering the Chinese, undermining our grid, driving up the cost of goods, and harming the average hard worker right now listening to this program, driving home from work after working their tail off, and they're getting screwed by corporate cronyism and leftists in this town who want to fund them and make them richer. All right, Congressman, we'll leave it there for now. Appreciate your availability and your time. Uh, keep up the fight. Thank you for coming on today. Thanks, Jack. Take care. All right, Congressman Chip Roy on the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line. By the way, you can hit the Jack Chat line anytime during the show, after the show. Leave your comments about any subject. We'll play those back. The Jack Chat line is always open, 210-599-5550, 210-599-5550. You leave your first name, your city or town, your comment. We play those back. Coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking with David Spunt from Fox News, D.C. correspondent, about, uh, well, the Durham report and a number of other uh, things that are going on. president's about to leave the country. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're getting your votes in on the JR poll and your calls coming up after we update KTSA Time Saver Traffic. If you've got a vehicle to sell, you've got more ways to sell it today than people have ever had before. There are uh, uh, just a limitless number of possibilities and i know it can be a little overwhelming but i'll tell you very simple very clean very clear very direct give me the vin.com if you like to keep things simple if you've got enough on your plate already just go to give me the vin.com upload the vin number of this vehicle it can be a car a truck an rv an atv a motorcycle uh anything exotic vehicle uh, maybe a a collectible older car uh, upload the vin number some photos Give me the vin.com will make you an offer to buy it. They don't, they don't sell cars. They don't have dealerships. They don't have brick and mortar locations. 
And if you like their offer, which is market-based, they will come to you and get the vehicle so you don't have to take it anywhere. It's very easy, and people love it. That's why they're America's best and favorite car buyer. Go to GiveMeTheVin.com. When do you listen to 550 KTSA and FM 1071? As soon as I uh, get up in the morning. A morning of news and information starts a great day. Traffic reports. The national and local news. The KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware at 5 a.m. Makes my morning. Followed by Ware and Rima at 7. Only on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I do like Chip Roy. We... Had him on this show when he first ran. We had him in the Alamo Lounge. We did a debate with him on the air. Um, I think we had all the hosts in on that. So I, I say this with affection and, and appreciation of him, but they're missing the forest for the trees. Nobody's interested in impeaching Mayorkas. Because you, if you were to remove Mayorkas, you would get another person like me, or because you might even get somebody worse L- looking at this administration. <laughs> you know, you, you could go downhill from Mayorkas. No, they should be impeaching Biden for a multitude of reasons. And even if it's not successful, it allows you to make a comprehensive argument that if you set out to have the most destructive, um, just absolutely uh, uh, contra to American values presidency you could possibly have, this is it. And it it forces the issue because it makes Democrats decide, do we really want to hitch our wagon to this guy? Are we sure about this? Is this who we want to be identified with? You might be surprised. I'm not sure all of them do. They, they they were all good with that in 2020 uh, when they you know thought he'd be the Trojan horse and 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 they'd he'd get him across the finish line. They were good with it when it was about keeping or or, or getting Trump from uh, keeping Trump from a second term. But no, I'm sorry. At this point, the you know everything from the Durham report to what we're learning from Commerce Committee about the corruption of the Biden family, the selling of access. Uh, myriad appointments that are ridiculous. Um, the fact that the president himself seems not to be all there. Uh, you can do the you can do the debt ceiling. You can do the reforms. You can do the stuff that Kevin McCarthy's on television talking about. We're working for the American people, but it, you you've got to take on the whole the whole picture. Just singling out Mayorkas for impeachment just seems very random to me. But 210-599-5555, uh, getting your thoughts about the Durham report. Is it powerful? Is it underwhelming uh, 24 hours after it comes out? And Timothy is on the radio. Hi, Timothy. Okay, no, Timothy. 210-599-5555, you can get through. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy says, shut down the FBI and root out corruption in the DOJ. He says, we don't need the FBI. The federal level, we have other agencies. Um, that's, a big, that's a big ask, because the FBI isn't like any other government agency I can think of, except the military. Okay, so aside from the military, which has a place in our psyche because of 
you know, heroism in wartime. If you think about it, the FBI is the only non-military agency of government that people also used to have that kind of deep-seated admiration for. I mean, there were television shows, and there still are, that sort of glorified and, and, and mythologized the work of the FBI. Um, but we didn't always have an FBI. And if you know anything about the history of the FBI, it was developed at a time in the 1920s when we were dealing for the first time with anarchists, with foreign agents and foreign terrorists. The first Red Scare that we ever had wasn't the 1950s. It was really the 19-teens and 20s. And, and, and also, at that time, local police departments were very, you know, relatively speaking, were very basic and not, not highly trained, not highly equipped. Um, I, I think if you, were to, if you were to try, if we didn't have an FBI, if we hadn't had one for these last hundred years, and you were to try to make the argument today, well, you know what we need is a national police force, I think people would say no. So it, it, it's an interesting discussion. I'm not sure where it leads, but maybe maybe the, the discussion ought to be, do, do we need it? What do we need it for? Uh, what do we do about its abuses? And those go back decades, not just recently. Talk about all this. We've got... Uh, uh, from Fox News, we've got uh, David Spunt, their D.C. correspondent, coming up next hour. And more of your calls coming up after the news. And let's get you right back for more of the Jack Riccardi Show. All right. So this is this is getting kind of messy in the NBA. You know, we talked about yesterday, we talked about Doc Rivers, and he got let go today by yep. Philadelphia. Steven Jackson, who played for many NBA teams over the years, including the Spurs at one point, was a real fan favorite when he was here with the Spurs. Uh, said on a podcast yesterday about the firing of the Phoenix Suns head coach, Monty Williams, that they did it so that they could find a white coach, put him in there, and then he would get all the credit for the team coming together and winning. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's an ugly uh, thing to say. But it, it also hints at a theory a lot of people have that black coaches and white coaches have different experiences or, um, you know, maybe there's different levels of patience with the development of one versus the other by these ownership groups. I, you know, I want to I say something about that, but I wanted to run it by you first and just sort of see where your head is at on that. Well, this is tough because when you make when when we keep hearing so many claims about, I guess, are claiming racism here. This was happening in the NFL, I think, last year. The Dolphins coach got fired. I forget mm-hmm. his name, mm-hmm. um, Brian Flores. Yeah. Yes, that. Um, if we keep on claiming racism, it, it seems like you better be absolutely certain that there really is racism because that really starts to. I think you run the risk of discrediting actual racism when it happens. Because is it not possible that in some cases any head coach, regardless of skin color, may not be successful? Well, I mean, you don't have to be a big basketball insider to know that the Phoenix Suns made a major trade Mm -hmm. late in the season designed to do that win-right-now scenario, right? And Yes, yeah. I mean, they, they acquired one of the best players in the NBA, Kevin Durant, 
The idea was to win right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't. So is that is that racist? No. I mean, you, you, you knew when you, when you saw that trade, you knew that if that didn't come together and they didn't make it to the conference finals, which they didn't, there was probably going to be some some Owner, yeah. disappointment and and you know comeuppance. I, I, I don't. I mean, the other thing I would just say about his accusation is: look at Doc Rivers. How many different teams has Doc Rivers coached? Exactly. If there's so much racism, why does he keep getting hired? He probably will get hired again. He will. Yeah, and, and he should. And Monty Williams will get hired again. I mean, Mon- Monty Williams is not a bad coach. He he didn't deliver in Phoenix, but that doesn't mean no one will give him a shot. I just I, I'm getting tired of. This kind of talk in the absence of any proof. Find me the find me the proof, and I think all of us would have uh, agreement. And people are good-hearted about it. We want fairness, but this just sounds like a like a sloppy or lazy way of saying, "Hey, I really liked that guy, and I I didn't like to see him get fired." Well, two things. I think that uh, sports is one of the final safe havens where. It, it it's results based. Mm-hmm. You, it is. You're winning or you're not, and past that nobody really cares. And you know, you think you're tired of it. What does the average NBA fan yeah. think of all these accusations? People don't watch sports for politics. They don't. <laughs> the mm-hmm. numbers are quite clear on this. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people. The, these these ownership groups want to win. You look at the bags they're handing these athletes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Clearly. The, the the goal here is to win. It is not, uh, you know, some sort of racial uh, agenda. I, I'm not saying that was never the case. I'm not saying that there there wasn't a history where maybe, uh, you know, qualified people couldn't get a chance or couldn't get hired. A- and this would be true across all sports. But at this point, when you look at the money, the, the, they want to win, and they'll win with whoever they can win with. That's right. So, all right, uh, 210-599-5555. I thought this was funny. The uh, Thank you, Christian. The uh, governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, is asking uh, for federal help uh, with uh, the immigrant illegal immigrant crisis in her state. She's asking the federal government to open military installations and um, help them do emergency housing. We mentioned this last hour. There's a big brewing story in New York City where parents are not are refusing to bring their kids to public schools in Brooklyn, in the Bronx, because some of the public schools are now in their gymnasiums are now housing illegal immigrants. And there's also a story from up that way about uh uh, veterans, uh, homeless veterans who were being uh, housed in like uh, by the week hotels and motels and things of that nature, um, being displaced because the state of New York is so overwhelmed, they say, with the illegal immigrant issue. I don't doubt that it's overwhelming. I just, again, have to ask the question from down here in Texas what did you think we were doing? What did you think was going on here? Why was it okay for us to be overwhelmed, but it is unacceptable for you? Why, when we ask for help, do you say that's bigoted and cruel and xenophobic, but when you ask for help, it's just pragmatism and it's it's necessary doing what's necessary? You know, it's 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 um it's taken a long time, 
But I think we might be seeing the moment in this country when states that are not in any way, shape, or form border states are having to deal with what border states have always had to deal with. And it's sad to say it this way, but this is probably what it takes to get things to change. In other words, it's not how much people along the border raise their voice. It's when the politicians start hearing from their own folks back home uh, in places that are nowhere near the border, in places that have zero experience with this, in places that didn't expect to have to deal with it, in places where they thought they could talk about immigration like it's the inscription at the base of the Statue of Liberty instead of a real humanitarian challenge, something that has to be uh, answered and dealt with. Um, and that's before we even get to some of the stuff we talked about with uh, with Chip Roy last hour. Because the other way that this comes home to roost, it, you, so the, the, the parents that are protesting in New York City, I mean, think about that. Blue city, blue state. These are probably Democratic uh, parents, right? They're they're not, they're not bigots. They're not xenophobes. Okay, but they this doesn't feel safe to them. That's really where the rubber meets the road on this whole thing. All of a sudden, they're realizing uh, that we don't want to live like this. We're not doing this. That's a game changer. The other thing that happens, God forbid, we're hearing these stories about people coming across the border with Taliban-issued credentials, with fake passports from countries that are known havens for terrorism. And I I, I hope I'm wrong about this, and I I hope it never comes to this. But God forbid there is another 9-11. People will look for a nexus to the southern border they will look for a connection they will there will be people right away who will assume that is what happened oh this is it i knew this would happen and and they'll look and they'll look until they find it if you remember on the actual 911 we found out very quickly how the terrorists came into the country and there was a lot of hell to pay for that But they didn't come in illegally. They may have come in through some naivete. But you can imagine what would happen, and I hope this never does, if there is a nexus between a terrible terrorist attack or something like that and the loss of control of the southern border in the spring of 2023. 210-599-5555. Uh, We're going to talk some more about that. David Spunt from Fox News is going to join us. We're going to talk about uh, the uh, Durham report. We're going to talk about what's going on with uh, the investigation into the Biden family. Uh, The president has announced he's going to shorten his foreign trip. He's leaving, I think, tomorrow or Friday for Asia. And they've said now that he will come back sooner because they're trying to do the debt ceiling negotiations so we'll check in with david spun on that coming up here in about 20 minutes your calls at 210-599-5555 on ktsa hey, if you own a business or a franchise there's something called the employee retention tax credit that could put money in your pocket just when you need it the most and and there's a lot of businesses they estimate nearly half of all eligible businesses don't even know about it but it's something that applies if your company stayed open and 
retained employees through the pandemic. It's called the Employee Retention Tax Credit. And I talked to a woman who's a certified payroll professional named Carla Flesh. She has her own company, Bottom Line Bookkeeping. And she's really researched this ERTC to where she's got a questionnaire she wrote that takes just a few minutes of your time and can determine if your business would qualify for this money. So you won't waste any time. If you're not qualified, you don't have to worry about it. But if you are qualified, you don't want to leave thousands or tens of thousands of dollars on the table. And the way to do this is call her and do the questionnaire with her at 210-313-3249. Her name is Carla Flesh. Her company is Bottom Line Bookkeeping. This is her direct number, 210-313-3249, or go to bottomlinebks.com. Hey, it's Trey Ware. Tomorrow morning at 5, we'll have all the news, weather, traffic, sports, and a good time, too, on 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Caffeine, small talk, rain up the plastic weather. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, discussing Rainy in 78 in San Antonio on 550 and 1071 KTSA. We'll have a mostly cloudy overnight, 64, and then... 86 with a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow, according to our KTSA AccuWeather forecast. Uh, don't forget, anytime you're listening to the show live or as a podcast, you can hit the Jack Chat line, leave your first name, your town, your comment about anything we've talked about, anything at all, uh, 210-599-5550. That's the Jack Chat line. It's open right now, and it's open all the time. Uh, JR poll question today presented by River City Oral Surgery is the Durham Report powerful or underwhelming um it's really it's some of both because it's in its in its simple observation that the you know department of justice and the fbi broke their own rules and behaved in a way they've never behaved before that's a very powerful subtle statement um but it's also very underwhelming in, in the sense that uh nothing will come of it unless people other than John Durham pick up the cudgel. I think I think the idea that Trump world had was that John Durham was going to be this this, you know, knight on a on a horse. He was going to ride in and slay the dragon and put everything right. But this guy clearly saw his job as just literally I'm writing a report. This is there's no no one's getting charged, no one's getting fired. Um He's not calling for that. Again, he's just saying the existing protocols would have been sufficient, but they weren't followed. You and I are left with the question, well, what do we do about that? And you're hearing everything from do away with the FBI to, um, you know, if, if you think the answer is Trump needs to be put back in, I guess then the question about Trump is, uh, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm asking this question. This is not a rhetorical question. Would Donald Trump really, if you if you made him president again, would he really clean out the people Durham is writing about? Because he didn't do it the first time. His FBI directors were Jim Comey and Christopher Wray. And Jim Comey, and we know this from multiple sources, flattered the Donald, and conned him into thinking they were buds. They had a Diet Coke together. And that's the thing about Donald Trump that's very frustrating. 
There's a lot to love about the guy. But if he likes you or he thinks you like him, he's got a big blind spot. And so if you take this report at face value, you need someone who goes in and cleans up and cleans out a culture that otherwise is going to do this again. What we saw play out with Crossfire Hurricane and all of that, that can all happen again. And even if some people were, I mean, there's a few people that were let go, like Strzok and McCabe was the name I couldn't think of earlier, but there's way too many of them that are obviously still there. Christopher Ray is still there. 210-599-5555. We're talking about the state of New York and the city of New York declaring a crisis with illegal immigration, uh, almost as if they've just realized that an open southern border is a problem. I I don't mean to make light of their woes, and I feel for these parents that don't want to bring their kids to school, and I feel for these veterans that are being thrown out of uh, residential hotels, but this is all stuff that Texas has dealt with for years and years. And um, if you want help, why don't you acknowledge that it was a problem before it came to your doorstep? Why don't you acknowledge that all your pontificating and bloviating about being sanctuary cities and states and the cruelty of Greg Abbott, you were wrong because you can't handle it. You can't handle a fraction of what we're handling. 210-599-5555. Diana is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, hi Diana. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Okay, so my question is, is who is paying for the veterans to be housed? Is it a governmental agency? And then if it is, or why is the government kicking, allowing these veterans who served our country and protected us and fought for our freedoms, how are they allowing, you know, illegals to take over that position, whether they're making more money or not? And so who's who's funding the illegals to be housed and why are they paying more for these illegals to stay somewhere than our veterans who we should be taking care of? I don't know the partic- I know that it's a government program. I don't know if it's the state of New York or it's the uh, the Veterans Affairs, you know, U.S. Veterans Affairs Department. I- I'm not sure who it is that puts homeless uh, veterans in residential hotels. I'm pretty sure that's done all around the country, not just not just New York. So I can't answer that question, Diana. As far as um, who's kicking them out, the the state of New York apparently is doing this. They're already um, paying millions and millions of dollars, even in hotels in midtown Manhattan, which go for several hundred dollars a night. Uh, they're putting illegal immigrants up in these hotels, wherever there's space, wherever there's room. That's their answer to this. Um, but, I've, yeah, I mean, I've, it goes without saying that these veterans should not be evicted or mistreated. But it also, it, it, I have to ask the question, if this is a crisis for them, what did they think we were going to do about it? Well, exactly. But, you know, it just and I, I don't understand who's approving the, the funds to do all this. And why are they being shipped all across our country to begin with? And why aren't they, why are they not being shipped back to their country? Well, you, you would have to ask, you would have to ask Team Biden that question. I mean, 
Look, it, it, about the most basic question we could ask about the border is why are you processing people into the country? Not just why are you moving them around, but why are you processing them in instead of turning them around and sending them back? And the answer they would give you is, well, these are asylum seekers. Well, no, not all of them are. That's ridiculous. Well, yeah, they all look like young men. But what was it, between the ages of 17 and 35 was the most abundant well, it, it definitely, it you know, that's a good point. I mean, when you think about what what mass migration used to look like, it, it used to be women and children and families. There are a lot, when I look at these TV reports, I'm sure this is what you're referring to, Diana, when I look at these TV reports that these reporters are doing down on the border, it looks like, it, it looks like military-aged young men. Yeah. And... Yeah, they're letting uh, armies in to attack us from within. Is what I, I mean, you know, I don't know about that, but it, it sure it sure doesn't look like it looked before, and it doesn't meet the description that politicians put on it uh, before. Diana, thank you for the call. Yeah, the if you if you've uh, not heard this, this is happening not only in the city of New York but in outlying uh, counties. I'm looking at one story here from Orange County, New York, um, and this is where the county government is actually suing the state government because the county government was administering this program for veterans, and they had them at these motels. Orange County had, I think, 25 of them. And all of a sudden, there was an emergency declaration from the state that says, we're taking over this space, we need these rooms. And so the state overrode the county, which was again, putting the veterans in these rooms, and now the the veterans are out, illegal immigrants are in. Obviously, there's something very wrong about putting illegal immigrants or homeless veterans in hotels and motels. I mean, what what, what kind of an answer is that? I mean, what, what kind of a Band-Aid, what, what kind of a throwing money away uh, solution to that is that to the problem, but that's what's happening. Uh, we've got another update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. More of your calls coming up. David Spunt from Fox News as well on the Jack Riccardi Show on 550 and 1071 KTSA. When you remodel, uh, you can have one of two different kinds of stories to tell. You can have a horror story where you tell everybody you meet that it was a nightmare and it went on forever and it went over budget and you have this and that issue and there's a lot of those stories. Or you can have a story where you are really excited to show people your new bathroom or your new kitchen and you're excited to say these cabinets here, see these beautiful cabinets, that's solid wood and it was built right here in San Antonio for my kitchen and that's the story you get to tell if you're a customer of Kitchen Designs by Giovanni at 210-460-0113. They build the cabinets here, so there's no supply chain issue. There's no delay, no excuse. And that's the whole story. That's what being Giovanni's customer is all about. I should know. I've done a few remodel projects with them at my house. No excuses, just results. Uh, you're, you get their word. You get his word. You get the, the, the bid. It gives a, every dollar a name, and then they deliver. And you get great results, and you get a great story to tell after remodel is done. 210-460-0113. They're already booking into the summer, so don't put off calling any longer. 210-460-0113. Info at your beck and call. An earful of information. Driving the news cycle. Just tell your smart device to play KTSA. 
537 on 550 and 1071 KTSA, San Antonio's news talk radio station. Jack Riccardi, we're joined now on the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line by Fox News DC correspondent David Spunt. Uh, David, we're 24 hours into the release of the Durham report. A lot of different takeaways that people have from it. Uh, one of the ones I've been talking about this afternoon is just the sort of very subtle point that Durham makes that had the Department of Justice and the FBI simply followed their own rules, they would have handled not only the Trump allegation, but also the investigation into Hillary Clinton very differently. Yeah, that's exactly right, Jack. Uh, We know, first of all, the Durham report, 306 pages. He was tapped by then-Attorney General Bill Barr to look into the origins of this Trump-Russia collusion narrative that really plagued the first two and a half years or so, really, if not of, of Donald Trump's presidency. May 13th, 2019, we got the report May 15th, uh, 2023. So four years almost to the day, four years and two days later is when this report Mm. was public. And, you know, Durham lays out his case in the uh, treated much differently than the Trump campaign. One example that Durham mentions, uh, I believe it's page 78 Uh, that there were allegations that came before the FBI about the Clinton Foundation with Arkansas ties, and uh, the FBI essentially put all of that on the back burner in the months leading up to the investigation, uh, into the election, excuse me. Well, certainly that was not the case with Donald Trump's campaign. Uh, Crossfire Hurricane was opened in July of of 2016. Uh, The Clinton allegations never panned out and never turned out to be anything. But the point that Durham is making is that there seem to be two different uh, paths there, uh, unequal. Well, he he notes the the zeal and the the prejudice uh, that Peter Strzok had uh, going into it. Um, I thought it was really interesting, the part that talks about how uh, allied governments, um, agencies, really did wanted no part of this they were they were asked to help and they they correctly saw it as the irregularity that it was that's that's very telling right i mean because these foreign governments were also not big trump fans but they recognized that something was wrong in the department of justice yeah that's one of the points that durham makes and you know one of the names that he mentions jack multiple times uh, is former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, mm-hmm. who gave an interview this morning and, and, and trashed the Durham report and said it was unnecessary and there's no basis to it and whatnot. Um, and McCabe's defense is that, uh, and this all plays into some of the, the foreign aspects of this, McCabe's you know, defense is that, listen, at that time, we really thought there was a problem with Trump and, and Russia. I mean, I believe it was, I played this in my report tonight on I think it was the end of Ju- July of 2016, where Donald Trump was talking about Hillary Clinton, and he said, Russia, if you're listening, go see if you can find her emails or thousands of emails. Um, you know, at, around that time is when the FBI opened this crossfire hurricane investigation. And listen, Jack, the, the Durham report is scathing to the FBI, no question. But FBI sources that I've spoken to know that this is not does not look good for the FBI. But fairly, 
they point out, and this is important for your listeners in San Antonio and elsewhere in Texas or, or wherever they're listening, you know, we're talking about the F- John Durham's talking about the FBI in 2017 and 2016. James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, you know, since Christopher Ray came in in mid-2017, there have been multiple different changes. It's a different FBI today. And, you know, John Durham himself in the pages of the report says that the corrective actions made by the FBI over the past, you know, four or five years have actually helped to make sure that something like this does not happen again. But no question, uh, the FBI in 2016, 2017 had issues, according to John Durham. Let me let me shift gears, if I can, David, and also ask you about something I thought was really striking. I, I was watching uh, Congressman uh, James Comer being interviewed by your colleague Marita Bar- Maria Bartiromo on Sunday, and he stopped her in her tracks when he revealed that they had lost track, the House Oversight Committee investigation had lost track of their informants in the investigation of the Biden family. And today we have news about the whistleblower at the IRS. What's going on with that? Okay, yeah, so two separate things. So the Biden family is being investigated by James Comer. Uh, There's been no secret there. Other House Republicans are investigating. Apparently one of the whistleblowers, and I've spoken to Comer's staff, one of the whistleblowers has gone missing, not missing in the sense of, you know, in danger or anything like that, just missing, just kind of dropped off when AWOL, not taking calls of the committee anymore. Uh, There's actually a a group, a, a bipartisan group in Washington with Republicans and Democrats called Facts First, who actually sent a letter this week to the U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., asking for an investigation, a criminal investigation into James Comer, uh, calling Comer's bluff, arguing that there is no whistleblower. They're arguing that James Comer is telegraphing his entire plan, uh, but with interview after interview after interview, and they don't believe that there is a whistleblower, so they mm. want you know someone to look in into that. The separate thing that you're talking about is this IRS whistleblower. A lot of whistleblowers. We've got to keep the whistleblowers straight. The second uh, whistleblower is so a few weeks ago, a, an attorney came forward, spoke on Fox News, said, "Listen, I'm representing an IRS employee who is handling a sensitive investigation that has been stalled." The attorney won't say which investigation it is, but we have sources at Fox News that confirm it is the Hunter Biden Mm. tax investigation. Now, he's been under investigation since at least 2018 for, in part, his tax affairs, among other things, including his overseas business dealings. So the IRS person came forward and said, my client who – or the lawyer came forward and said, my client who works at the IRS says this investigation has been stalled into this high-profile person. Well, today we get a letter, or we we looked at a letter that Congress received, Republicans and Democrats, from the same lawyer that says, not only has my client, my whistleblower, but others on the team investigating this, quote, unquote, high-profile subject, they've been relieved of their duties and moved off Mm -hmm. that investigation. Now, you know, and I hope everybody's following me, that right there is is concerning Mm -hmm. to members who protect whistleblowers because the IRS whistle the IRS chief a few weeks ago in front of Congress the commissioner said whistleblowers are protected don't worry you know there are whistleblower protection acts everywhere in government so you know nobody's going to get in trouble nobody's going to be retaliated against according to this attorney that's exactly mm. what happened so right now there's a move to find out what happened 
uh, to this IRS whistleblower uh, involved in this Biden, Hunter Biden. I want to be clear. Hunter Biden. Yeah, that, that, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I did not realize that, that there was a separation between the Hunter Biden investigation and the Biden family. I, I would imagine there's some overlap, but those are two different Correct. things. Okay. Correct. The, the, the whistleblower that is not communicating, we've been told, is not related to the Hunter Biden IRS mm-hmm. situation. I mean, there mm-hmm. are, you know, from what we understand, and we haven't seen them, and Democrats, you know, want to know more about these whistleblowers, too. Uh, you know, Congressman Comer has talked about an awful lot of whistleblowers, but not given much more information than that. So he's being very coy in which whistleblower is not communicating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, we are under the impression that those whistleblowers are separate. Uh, a lot has changed from a few years ago when you had Alexander Vindman and there was an absolute um, symphony of outrage every time President, then-President Trump made even a reference uh, to Vindman. Uh, and now we've gone from that, that absolute sort of s- the sacred nature of the whistleblower uh, to um, people being intimidated and dropping off the radar. A lot, uh, the plot thickens, right? Uh, it certainly does, and and it's going to be interesting to see where this, you know, this bipartisan group. I mean, listen, there are a lot of different groups, and a lot of people have agendas, but this group is serious and cites a, a code. Mm-hmm. I don't have it in front of me. Um, I'm driving, but has a has a, a U.S. code that says lying about investigations and whatnot, and they're accusing. I'm not doing it. They're accusing, right. you know, Comer of lying and calling his bluff and saying, "All right, you're talking an awful lot about whistleblowers. Let's." Uh, see what's going on here because we don't think this whistleblower is real and all of a sudden it just this person falls off the face of the earth so that's that's those allegations so the bottom line what i can't tell you is uh expect to hear more about whistleblowers and this all continues david spun keep up the great work and we appreciate your time on a busy day thank you hey thanks jack take care all right 547 is our ktsa news time you can join the show at 210 599 there is uh <laughs> there is uh apparently I did not have this on my bingo card for 2023 uh apparently Martha Stewart is um on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover have you heard this 81 years old Martha Stewart I um this was not the no no one had uh, prepared me for this no one had warned me about this uh, but yeah, she's the oldest uh, person, obviously, ever to be on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. So if you kind of lost track of the Sports Illustrated tradition of an annual swimsuit issue, if you didn't, maybe you didn't even realize they were still doing that. They are still doing it, and apparently they've run out of um, young models. It always used to be like you know the hot the hot supermodel of the moment. You know whoever was like big on the magazine cover. It's Martha Stewart. I mean, can we be, we, we can't be more than a year away. I, I would think we can't be more than a year away from the, the Diane Feinstein swimsuit issue, right? I'm just saying. I'm not trying to ruin your dinner. I'm just saying. 210-599-5555. We'll update KTSA Time Saver Traffic here next. Today's JR poll at KTSA.com is powered by River City Oral Surgery. Republican. Democrat. Independent. San Antonio's Party Station. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. 554 is our KTSA news time. 
sports tonight. The NBA Western Conference Finals start. The L.A. Lakers at Denver Nuggets. Yeah, the uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue features Martha Stewart at 81 in traditional swimwear. She says she dieted a little bit in the months leading up to the photo shoot. She is among uh, several models that appear. Megan Fox is in the swimsuit issue wearing only chains. Not sure. I haven't seen that picture yet. That's what it says here. They should do. A, they should do a, a photo where a model wears nothing except one of those long CVS cash register receipts just wrapped around. Just you know, they got to be good for something, right? Do you know who the Weekend is? Are you familiar with the uh, artist known as the? This is his stage name. He he calls himself the Weekend. He's had a number of hits. He played at the Super Bowl a few years ago. One of his big songs, one of my favorites, is "Blinding Lights." This is what it sounds like. So he's he's announced that he is uh, changing his name, which I can't believe because what what could be a better name than the weekend? I mean, you wonder why somebody didn't take that sooner. Uh, he says from now on he wants to be known as his actual birth name, which is Abel McConnon Tesfay. And I'm sorry, but I think the weekend is better. You know, I mean, I mean, you got to be proud of your name. He, apparently, he's proud of his name. He says he's uh, going through a lot of changes in his life right now, and it just feels like the right thing to do. So, the weekend is killing the weekend. That's it. The weekend is 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 over for now. He actually says he might bring it back. So it might be like remember Prince did this where he changed his name to a symbol. And I'm I'm trying to remember. I think eventually, did he give up on that, or did we just all give up on that? I can't remember now. But uh, remember, the, you know, the artist known as Prince, and then all of a sudden there was this symbol, which didn't correspond to a word, and it made it hard to talk about him. I think this might be the same thing. Abel Mackinnon Tesfaye, Tesfaya, or the Weekend. I think we're gonna. I think we might have to stick with the Weekend on that one. Speaking of which, I saw this in the news, and it just an idea popped into my head. Uh, you remember the eighties uh, band, the eighties uh, band Air Supply duo from Australia, a ton of hits, soft rock uh, hits. Uh, Air Supply is coming to the Tobin Center in July, and um, no, I don't have tickets. It seems to me like Air Supply is one of those bands that there are probably people that are very big Air Supply fans and will let you know it. And then I will bet you there are people who will go to this show but are a little embarrassed, a little sheepish about Air Supply. You know, they're not the coolest name, right? It's not You're not getting cool points if you're blaring Air Supply out the window of your car. You just can't really blare it. It doesn't really blare. But they're the kind of band that can be like a guilty pleasure. Do you have like a guilty pleasure artist or singer? You love the music. When you're alone, you're you're totally singing along. But you're not really big on admitting it. Or would you admit it to me? Do you think could I could I get it out of you? We're gonna take your calls on that coming up after the news. Your guilty pleasure band or artist or singer, let me know if you're going to air supply at the Tobin. 
We'll talk after the news. KTSA News, and right back we go for some more at the Jack Riccardi Show. We are going to be missing this weather in a few months. Oh, my gosh. We <laughs> This will be, you won't even believe how nice and green and lush everything is and it feels good to be outside and oh in a few months right it's gonna turn yellow <laughs> mm. so do you have i know this is out of the blue do you have a guilty pleasure artist or band or oh yeah i know you're very particular about your music but i mean is there oh, yeah. somebody that you know maybe just in the car or if the earworm gets at you you just mm-hmm. really love it yeah, some of that you wouldn't admit to, but yet you want me yeah. to admit it on the radio. I want you to admit it. I'm gonna because I'm gonna admit one. Listen, <laughs> right? in a minute, I'm gonna admit one that will throw open the floodgates. When you hear mine, you won't be sorry to say anybody's name. Okay, all right, I'll I'll, I'll take that challenge. I'm gonna give you two, okay. uh, one that's a little newer, and one that's going <clears throat> back to when I was a kid. Okay, so I would say the the '70s era. I would say Ambrosia. Hmm. Okay. And so for the newer, like post Y2K, I'm going to go with Coldplay. Now, see, I, and I get where you're coming from with Coldplay. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of people that'll be like, what's he talking about? Coldplay's great. But to people that, that feel they have, like, you know, a certain hip factor, yes, admitting to Coldplay is like admitting to, um, you know, Bobby Vinton. I mean, it's look back it's... in when I was doing alternative radio in Fresno, you know, we broke cold play, but most of my friends worked active yeah. rock. Yeah. I couldn't go show up at their place with with yellow in my hand. No, but I love the tune and clock. We will. Yeah. Um, so we will. We'll make I'll make you a mixtape of Coldplay and Ambrosia um, for your <laughs> okay. for your long drive homes after the show. Now yeah. that I know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I, here's mine. OK. Barry Manilow. Oh, wow. Mm. I'm just going to lay it out there. I'm not, you know. Let's face it, Christian. I'm near the end of my career at this point. It's, you know, there's not much left. And you're speeding that process. I'm not not holding many cards. Yeah, I I never liked him. I didn't like him when he was popular. I thought I was way too cool for Barry Manilow. So uh, in the early 90s when I was in upstate New York, uh... I got dragged to a Barry Manilow concert at Radio City Music Hall, actually. Mm. And I went because I'd never been to Radio City Music Hall, and I didn't know if I'd ever get to go there again. And I thought, well, it's a chance to see this, you know, one of the most famous venues in the world, right? Yep. That guy put on a show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He puts on a show. And you can't, I started out with my arms folded, like, I'm just going to get through this. He reaches out and grabs you and makes you care about Mandy. I had tears in my eyes like Mandy was real. I'm telling you, scary. I'm going to leave you one little secret. One of the first songs I started singing on the radio at about five Mm -hmm. or six, Mm -hmm. you know, I was obviously too young Mm -hmm. to know any better, was Mandy. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. We are sharing a lot right now. We may, we may need to, we may need to save some sharing for another time. I don't want to, <laughs> right? We don't want to go too far with this. But anyway, all right, Christian, you have a great night. So Christian gave us Coldplay and Ambrosia. I gave you Barry Manilow, which means if you were holding back, if you weren't sure whether you should call in, now you know you can call. You can talk to this dude on the radio, right? I mean, you don't have to. Whatever you're going to say, he's not going to judge you because he just said Barry Manilow, right? 
210-599-5555. Who is your guilty pleasure artist, band, song? I mean, I'm not saying this is what you listen to all the time. I know this is not your playlist. I know you're cool, but but just once in a while, you you, you got to hear Make It With You by Bread or you you give in to a little Lionel Richie. It happens. 210-599-5555. Dan is on the radio. Dan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack. I might have you, Pete. My, okay, my, let's hear it. The, the band, the band uh, that I always like to listen to, especially when I was down in the dumps, was mm. ABBA. Mm. Mm. You know, because I, uh, it's just something that I could sing along with them. I could sing their radio. Yeah. I could hear who yeah. was listening. Yeah. yeah. But you risk you really run you you really risk your man card with with ABBA. Let's face it. I mean that's yeah. that's a tough one. But on the other hand, you do have the they kind of became cool again, right? When the musical yeah. and the movie about the musical came out, they're almost like retroly retroactively cool again. Well, so they, I think that saves got, you, Dan. I think that saves you. Well, they've got a couple of uh, they, uh, I think they're doing a world tour. Uh, well, under a new, you know, I think um, uh, Bjorn yeah. is doing a world uh, tour. That may be. They, they, it seemed like they never really stopped touring. It seems like they were always out there. I know they were very big in Europe and continued to be. But do you have a favorite ABBA song that cheers you up when you're in the dumps? Uh, usually I like Dancing Queen. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. And, and Fernando. There you go. There you go. Those are your those are the two strongest ones. All right, Dan says ABBA is his guilty pleasure band uh or artist 210-599-5555. Jeff is on the Jack Riccardi show. Hi Jeff. Hey Jack, uh I'm going to have to agree with Christian. Uh I this past weekend I was jamming on Ambrosia. Mm. And they they have a really good band. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. this was back in the day, but um they really have a fine band. And then I'll give you another one. Uh, Pablo Cruz. Oh, there you That's go. Look band. at you. Hey, those were good ones. So, anyway, thanks a lot, man. I, uh, I love it. The lead singer for Ambrosia was a guy named David Pack. And you got to admit, yes. listen to him. What a sweet voice. I mean, that is a, that guy can sing. Listen to that. There's no auto-tune there. That's just a guy with a great set of pipes. And you can have a very nice night with someone and just play Ambrosia music, right? And you don't care what anybody else thinks. You two are the only two people in the world, right? Dark room, backseat at a drive-in, Ambrosia. I, I hear you, Jeff. I think that's a good one, and Pablo Cruz makes it, too. All right, 210-599-5555. Uh, the 80s band Air Supply is coming to the Tobin Center in July. And uh, when I saw that, I just started thinking, tickets are on sale, by the way, if you go to TobinCenter.org. I started thinking, everybody has... You know, the music they're known for, they play when other people are around, you play it in the car. But then everybody has at least one artist, singer, band, maybe song, that you kind of jam out to when it's just you. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure. And I thought, maybe people will tell me their guilty pleasure. I, I told mine, you got no shame in this game, 210 599 55 
55, your Guilty Pleasure Act, and Tom is on the radio. Hi, Tom. Hello, Jack. Okay, so Cat Stevens. <laughs> Cat Stevens, yes. Uh, any song in particular, Peace Train, or which one? Uh, Peace Train and Following uh, Sun. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, he kind of fits into that uh, 70s soft rock kind of vibe. Why would you say that's a guilty oh, pleasure? Man, because I he's kind of... I, I fell in love with him about uh, probably yeah. 1970 or so. He came, yeah. to, he came to town. Uh, oh, okay. And he was, man, he was great. It's just, I mean, he's kind of weird now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, he... um, but, man, he was, he was super... I mean, yeah, no, just, very, uh, yeah, very easy on the ears. Very, yeah, that, I, I totally get that. All right, so a little peace train from Cat Stevens for Tom when no one else is around. 210-599-5555. Rudy is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Rudy. Hey, how you doing, Jack? Good to hear you, boys, and good to talk to you. Same here. Yes, Do you have sir. a guilty pleasure? Well, check it out. You mentioned... Uh, <laughs> Lionel Richie mentioned, and but guess who my favorite is? It's always going to be Air Supply. You know, ever since my mother would sing it to my brother and I yeah. during the day, cry, man. For some odd reason, yeah. man, you know, we were little yeah. kids, and it was just so cool. And now, see that day, you know, it's just like me all the time, you know. And I mix it in with a lot of Six Pistols, Discharge, yeah. you know, and it's crazy. But it, and I will blast it in my car or at home, you know. You can't blast air supply, Rudy. I mean, no matter how loud you make it, it's not loud. But you can turn the knob all the way up. Nobody's going to hear it outside the car. You know, it just sounds so good loud. You know what I mean? It's just so good. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. I believe you, but I'll take your word for that. All right. Rudy wants everyone to know, or maybe wants no one to know, that he's blasting air supply. Uh, that's his guilty pleasure. Are you going to go see them at the Tobin? Are you going to go to that concert? No, I'm not. You know, no, yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of hard. Concert on tickets now, are but... ridiculous, right? I mean, come on, you could you could visit a foreign country for what they get for these uh, tickets. Yes, my son just purchased some tickets yesterday for Red Hot Chili Peppers, and oh my God, I saw his ticket prices. I was like, yeah. oh no, I was like, no, God, I want <laughs> I want a hotel room, an airplane. Yes. Some meals for, for that kind of money? Come on. All right, Rudy, thank you, Serge. Good to hear from you. Thanks for calling the show. We're going to get to more of these coming up. 210-599-5555. What's your guilty pleasure when it comes to music? And we'll get an update on KTSA. Time saver traffic here as well on KTSA. Now, with all this rain, you either have a roof that you are absolutely confident in, feeling really good about, or you're a little bit nervous. Uh, if your roof is old... If you've seen some damage from the outside of your home, if you've ever had water come in during a particularly bad soaker of a storm, you're a little worried about this weather we're having. And, and you know, if that's the state of things, then maybe it's time to start getting prices and calling around and seeing what it would take to get a roof. And when you do that, and you should comparison shop, I'm all for it, but make one of those calls to Mammoth Roofing and Solar, Mammoth at 210-880-6257. I called five companies. I don't know. That may be excessive, but that's what I did. And they were all good. Nobody was bad. There was not a bad price. There was not a bad person. But, boy, Mammoth really shone. Uh, the price was the best. They did more for that price than the other guys were able to do. 
Um, I was satisfied with the answers to my questions and really satisfied with the day back in August that they came out and stripped off the old and installed the new, and I haven't had a bit of worry since then. So call around and make one of the calls to Mammoth Roofing and Solar at 210-880-6257, 210-880-6257, or go to mammothroofs.com. Hey, it's Trey Ware. I'll have the latest news, traffic, and weather first thing tomorrow morning starting at 5 o'clock on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, coming up, we'll have the uh, results on the uh, River City Oral Surgery JR poll question about the Durham report. But right now, right now, who have you got a thing for? Okay, musically, who's your secret crush? Who's your guilty pleasure? Whether it's Paula Abdul or Pat Boone, there's no judgment here. We may laugh a little, but we'll laugh with you, not at you, I promise. Uh, But, you know, this is like maybe the music that is not in keeping with what people associate with you and what you normally listen to when other people are around. It might be something that you put on when you're by yourself. It might be something that you put on, like I know Dan mentioned, when he's sort of sad, this is the music that cheers him up. It was ABBA. Um, Who's your guilty pleasure artist or band? Maybe it comes on and you forgot about it and then you hear it and you're like, oh, I'm singing along to this. Up go the windows, you know. 210-599-5555. Brad says Liza Minnelli. Uh, Jack at KTSA.com is the email. Henry says, now this one I don't really get because I don't think these people are very hip, but Henry says Simply Red, the band Simply Red. I loved Simply Red. I still love them. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel guilty about that at all. I'll, I'll own up to simply red, uh, holding back the years. Come on, great cover. Money's too tight to mention. Remember that. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Chris is on the Jack Riccardi show. Hi, Chris. Hey, Jack. How's it going? It's going. How you doing? So I'm doing all right. So my guilty pleasure, and I always get crap from it from my friends, is Sarah McLaughlin. I love Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Now, is it because she's considered kind of a chick artist? You know, you're supposed to. No, man. I just, I just like her voice, and I was lucky enough to go see her at the Majestic Theater a couple years ago, and I I just think she's a great singer. But why do your friend? What I'm asking is, why do your friends give you a hard time about it? I mean, she's a great artist. Well, because that's not what I listen to when they're around. Like, what is your normal playlist? What would you normally, what would people normally hear around you? Um, you know, I like a lot of, uh, like, George Strait, Garth Brooks, you know, old uh, 90s country like that, Alex Jackson. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, yeah, Sarah McLaughlin so is way off the mark there then, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love her. Isn't she in the, um, is she the one that's in the, the Cruelty to Animals commercial? Yes, that's her, and I always joke that's her, right? Make yeah. To watch her commercials, you know, so they know how lucky they have it. Exactly. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I like her. I'm with you on that. That's a good one, Chris. Thank you for the call, Sarah McLaughlin. Um, I liked her when she came out. I still like hearing her music. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I'm looking at my email here. We've got uh, Journey. We've got the Monkees. Yeah, the mo- okay, the Monkees might. That's a little bit out there. Um, today, I think it, today or yesterday is the anniversary of the uh, album Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Just throwing that in there. One of the all-time greatest uh, pop music concept albums maybe ever made. 
uh, 50, I think they said 56 years ago it came out. 210-599-5555. All right, we're looking for your guilty pleasure artist or band. Uh, you only listen to when you're alone or it doesn't really fit in with your image, but you love it. Maybe you sing along with it. We mentioned Air Supply is coming to the Tobin Center this July, and I'm sure that's going to be a guilty pleasure for some people. Uh, Dave is next on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Dave. John Denver. John Denver. Now, when did you get into John Denver? West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountain. Yeah. Was that considered at that time? Was he not like not cool to be for you to be listening to? Is that why it's a guilty pleasure? Uh, was more or less if you were falling in love and falling right yeah. back out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, all right. Dave says John Denver, a little John Denver when no one's looking, when no one's around to hear it. Um, I mean, you know, obviously these things come and go. Like at, at one time, John Denver was. Red hot. At one time, air supply was all over the charts. But yeah, now these are sort of your guilty pleasure uh, artists. Lionel Richie, you know, right? Another one. 210 599 5555. Greg is on the Jack Riccardi show. Hi, Greg. Howdy. You got one for us? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, Allison Moyer. Uh, she mm. was the lead singer for Yaz, but then yet yeah. had one. One solo album, and yeah, that uh, that I definitely check my man card. I definitely Invisible. checked my man card. When I yeah, <laughs> uh, I loved that song yeah. when that came out. That was like mid '80s, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the later '80s, and then I think her uh, her solo album was was late '80s, '89, uh, '90. Yeah. I don't know if it was that late. I remember playing that on music radio. It was a song called Invisible. Oh. Uh, by Allison Moyet. Yeah, great, great song. Go. And Yaz had hits like Situation. And yeah, no, I, I that that is a great, that's a great choice. I don't think that, I don't think you should feel guilty about that. That's pretty hip that you know about them. I, uh, the, I say sing it loud and sing it proud, Greg. The beautiful thing is my wife enjoys the, enjoys it too. So it, it works oh, out well. She's a keeper then. You got to keep her, right? She's 28 years. Yes, sir. If you if she loves your music, you're halfway home right there. Thank you, Greg. Uh, Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Who is your guilty pleasure artist, singer, band? Alejandro is next on the show. Hi, Alejandro. Good evening. Good evening, Doctor Hook. If you're in love with a beautiful woman, <laughs> that is, I do love that song. Eyes, sexy eyes. eyes. So politically incorrect now, but so good. Oh, yeah. Kind of creepy, right? I rolled the windows down and sing it to everybody. There you go. He's a little, he seems a little creepy. Like, he seems like a guy that would come up to young girls at a bar, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, so steely Dan, but it's good music. There you go. No, I no. Listen, I'm right there with you on Doctor Hook. You 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 got it absolutely right. That I would put that in the category with like Pablo Cruz and Correct. Ambrosia. That was of an era that probably will never come back again. And it was really good music. Thank you, Alejandro. That's a good one.